And welcome to The Real Money Show. The number is one 877 8 com. We have a huge show today. First, let me tell you about the seminar coming up on November 8th. That's a Saturday at the Delta Meadowvale Hotel and Conference Center. The address is 6750 Mississauga Road in Mississauga. Want to go to realmoneyshow.com to register as well. Paul Zimniski will be on the show talking about diamonds a little later on. Uh, we have a special uh, promotion happening as well too, don't we, Paul? Yeah, John, absolutely. We have a special that I think is a great, great special. When you buy... A 100-ounce bar, Royal Mint Bar. You can go to to our website, guildhallwealth.com, right-hand corner, e-commerce. Click on the to the e-commerce site. You'll see a 100-ounce bar of Royal Mint Bar. When you buy a 100-ounce bar, you will also receive free of charge one-ounce maple leaf, worth the value of over $20 as well, in with your order. So if you want to take a home delivery, you want to buy a couple of hundred ounces of silver, you're going to get a couple of maple leaves. You buy 10 bars of silver, you're going to get 10 maple leaves. You've also got the choice to put it into our depository. Mm -hmm. And what we're offering on the depository, we offered it for the last couple of weeks. There is no fees for one year, uh, initial fees, which is a management fee and an opening account fee for one year. We are giving that away, waiving that for one year. We are waiving the storage fee. There is a storage fee that you pay for putting your product into the depository. It's 1.3% a year, mm-hmm. which includes insurance, which is probably the cheapest storage out there right right at the moment. But we're waiving the storage fee till 2015 as well. So you're going to get a couple of months free storage, no fees. You're also going to get a 100-ounce bar. You're going to get a one-ounce maple leaf completely free. I think it's a wonderful deal. It's a wonderful opportunity, especially the price of silver today. We are giving it away. one silver on therealmoneyshow.com. We'll also be talking about a, a fantastic charity event uh, you guys hosted this past Wednesday. We'll get to that. But as always, I throw to you, Darren, first. What's happening? Well, as we re- we record the show today on Thursday, the markets are down, John. And uh, it seemingly is uh, something that we've had to deal with over the last quarter. And going into the close of the year, uh, we remain bullish. I want to make it clear to everybody who is listening that uh, the announcement on Wednesday of this week from the Federal Reserve that they are going to pull away from their bond buying program uh, was built into the market. And that the immediate effects of this announcement from the feds are built into the market. So really what we're dealing with here is just a little bit of fallout in pricing and really not a ton of weakness. Uh, Gold remains around the 1200 level as we tape the show on Thursday and silver is hovering at around the 1640 to 1650 mark. And I would expect that both those metals will remain somewhat soft over the next couple of days. But coming in the next week, I'm going to give you three reasons why I remain super bullish on silver. And uh, there is definitely lots that we could talk about this week, but I want people to realize that if you're listening to the show, you've already made the decision to either at least think about buying silver or gold or you own it. Uh, You wouldn't waste your time listening to us or what we have to say about the markets if you didn't feel that way. I cannot emphasize enough that our attitude towards the long-term price of silver and gold has not wavered one single iota since this market began in 2014. We've had a pullback in the market. It does provide opportunity for some and for others a little bit of heartbreak but that is the name of uh, what happens when you uh, talk 
about silver and gold. Now, that being said, three reasons why I remain bullish on silver right now. The first is the gold to silver ratio. It continues to widen, John. It's 72 to 1 right now. The historical norm for this market, even up until the last bull market of the 1980s, was 16 to 1. And in Hmm. some cases, it went down to as small as 10 to 1. Now, typically, we see in this bull market over the last 10 to 12 years, a average ratio of around 55 to 1. That's almost 20 basis points different right now, which means silver remains undervalued. Again, if you're listening and you're thinking about adding, it's better to be adding when the market is down as opposed to thinking about speculating on the way up. We don't treat silver and gold as a speculative metal. We believe it is a long-term metal to be added to one's portfolio for the benefit of protecting against the things we talk about on this show every week. Now, there is a close correlation between gold and silver prices, as I'm sure most people know, which is represented by this gold to silver ratio. This ratio expresses how many ounces of silver are required to buy one ounce of gold and is considered a key signal which highlights whether silver is under or overvalued in comparison to gold. And when that ratio is high, similar to what we've seen 2011, 2008, uh, 2006, 2004, when that happens, that just dep- that just means that we're seeing more value in one metal over the other. But the ratio is also becoming increasingly disconnected from its historical average. At the height of the bull market in gold, only 32 ounces of silver were required to buy one ounce of gold. And over the last 100 years, as I said, the ratio has averaged over the last 100 years 47 to 1. Beyond that, over the last 1,000 to 3,000 years, that ratio is 16 to 1. And the peak of the market in January of 1980, when gold reached 850, silver reached 52, was 16 to 1. So at 72 to 1, I'm giving you my first reason why I'm extremely bullish on silver this week. I'm going to interrupt you there just for a second, Darren. We're recording this show on Thursday. Gold has come off $20 on the day. Silver has come off 70 cents. That's a 14 to 1 ratio, and we should be trading it right now at 70 to 1 ratio. It tells you that silver was oversold this morning. For some reason, somebody is shorting silver. The only reason they short it is because they want to knock people out to buy it back at a lower price. And I can tell you, they will be buying back this price because it traded today at sell off at 14 to 1, not 70 to 1. Jeremy, why is it then, I mean, if it was a classic car or a piece of artwork, it's like it's, it's the cheapest it's ever been. No, no, I'd rather wait till the price goes up. Why do you get that herd mentality? People are waiting. Buy it now. Doesn't it make perfect sense to buy silver now? Why do you want to wait till it's $25 an ounce? Well, much of the world is buying it now. Uh, you look at all the BRIC nations, they are buying it now. It's a sentiment issue in North America that that... With the U.S. dollar going up, the stock market going up, a whole deck, a whole uh, house of cards. We can go talk about that uh, at length. But what you have right now is the the price is being pushed down. The sentiment is being pushed down on a market that is already low to begin with, and you you kind of have to start questioning why why the why gold and silver why is it so important i mean the us dollar is strong um you know there's strong demand elsewhere in the world the su- the supply demand fundamental should be kicking in in terms of where the prices are so what we end up with is a depressed price if you haven't gotten into the market we do see a lot of people who do see the the cheaper price as a great time to get in if you've been in the market for a while and you, you you can afford to purchase more and strengthen your position. You should do that. Um, and if you if if 
it's frustrating you. Uh, I can appreciate that. But ultimately, when something's undervalued and you know it's going to be much, much higher at some point in the future, we don't know when exactly, but we know that markets do have to level out at some point. The stock market is is overvalued. Gold and silver are undervalued at some point that's going to come back to some sort of mean. So it might be frustrating for some. Your choice is to hold on. Or if you think that you can put your money better to work somewhere else, you do it. Or if it's keeping you up at night, you should you should change the, you know, you should do what will help you sleep well at night. I'm perfectly sleeping well. I love where the price is. I'm picking up a few more ounces today for myself and uh, I'm excited about where the price can go. So I don't, I personally don't mind that the price is low. Um, it just gives you more potential to the upside down the road. One eight seven seven eight silver on the real money show.com. Darren. Well, we were talking about three reasons why I remain bullish yep. personally on the price of silver and where it's going to go. But Jeremy brought a good point and he, I don't want to glaze over it because a very important one, we are in fact seeing buying around the world and it's not just falling into an empty pit where nobody really wants the products. If you look at gold in particular, Russia added 1.2 million ounces of physical gold to their reserves during September, which is the largest month-on-month increase ever in history. And gold imports into India in September were staggering 3.8 billion dollars. This figure is almost double the two billion spent by Indians in August, and roughly five times the 740 or so million spent the previous year. So the appetite for gold in India only continues to grow as prices have fallen, as well as places like Russia. But the second reason why I remain bullish on silver is to do with supply and demand fundamentals, and they are extraordinary. We are seeing more and more mines come out publicly, and these are primary silver producing mines and state that they're going to slash production. And that means they're going to bring less ounces to market because capital expenditures have to be kept in check. Now, unlike gold, silver is an industrial commodity as well, and it has a huge range of uses, including being a central component in the manufacturing of photovoltaic cells, which is solar technology. Mm-hmm. And with photovoltaic cell manufacture expected ex- manufacturing expected to continue exploding over the next decade, uh, as solar power, of course, becomes more widely accepted, the demand for silver is going to continue to grow. So it's important to be paying attention to these silver miners and what they're doing with the market. And in 2013, demand for silver actually outstripped the supply. And I believe this is going to continue for at least the short to medium term. And this is because of growing industrial demand for silver coupled with diminishing supplies caused by these slashes from primary miners. For example, First Majestic, Pan American, Endeavor Silver, they all slashed their capital expenditures on mine development for 2014. For the second quarter alone, compared to the same quarter in 2013, First Majestic's CapEx for mine development dropped 56%, while Pan American and Endeavors were down by 17 and 66% respectively. So what is this telling us? It's telling us that at this price range, we're getting precariously close to what it costs for these mines to bring silver out of the ground. Like oil in the OPEC countries, they don't just continue pouring oil out of the ground when prices drop. It becomes a matter of balancing profit with sustainability. They bring less oil out of the ground, eventually the price goes higher. The same thing is now happening with silver. So whether we want to think that this is going to be a short-term, a long-term, or we're walking away from the market altogether, one thing is true. Steps are being taken to curb 
the drop in price in all different directions. We just have to see the sentiment bounce back. And it is very common after an announcement like we had this week from the feds to see the immediate 48 to 72 hour business period turn a cycle of uh, numbers in silver and gold, which typically go lower. So this is not out of the realm. And we'll uh, definitely continue with point three in a second. One eight seven seven eight silver and the real money show.com. Paul, I'm kind of convinced now. Okay, 16 bucks sounds great. How do I get an account happening? It's real, real simple. First thing you got to do is pick up that telephone, give us a call. Uh, we can get an account open for you very, very quickly. But there's several different ways. You don't really have to have an account. You can buy a product. You can take it home for home mm. delivery, whether it's gold, silver, platinum, and palladium. Our two favorite metals are gold and silver. You can go to our website, guildhallwealth.com. Right-hand corner, you'll see our e-commerce site. Simplest thing in the world to order metal. You go on, you register, you order the metal you want, you can call us, figure out what currency you want to pay it in, U.S. or Canadian, nice. and we'll ship it to you or you can pick it up. Third option you have is to open a depository account. And this is one of the sw- smartest ways to store your physical product. It's outside the banking system, first of all. It's in a safe, secure, segregated, allocated account. We can title the product to you. We can give you the bar numbers as well. It's a great, great way to store your product. Minimum order to put into the depository is two 100-ounce bars or 10 ounces of gold. Very, very simple to do. Um, if you want to visit your metal, you can give us 24 hours notice and we'll set you up an appointment to go visit your metal in the depository. They will bring it out. If you want to put a scratch on the coins that you're putting in or the <laughs> bars you're putting in, they will bring back the same bars that you're putting the scratches on if that's what's been allocated to you. So again, you can order the product, you can pick it up, take it for home delivery, you can order the product through our e-commerce site which allows you to make an order to have it delivered home or pick it up or use our depository to store your product. Even if you've got product at home, it's dangerous to keep valuables at home mm-hmm. in today's economy. You know, greedy people out there, there's some dangerous people out there, and it's a silly thing to do. To home invasions out there, personally, I don't keep a nickel at home, I don't keep a dollar's worth of silver at home, it's in a safe, secure depository. And that's how you should be thinking yourself. Insurance on this product is also there from Lloyds of London. So this is a great way to do it. John, give the numbers. Get our investment kit, get our depository kit. Also, sign up for the Precious Metal Advisor. And we've got an upcoming seminar, which is on November the 8th, which I think you should tell the people about, John. Yeah, that seminar, Paul, Saturday, November 8th. It's happening at the Delta Meadowvale Hotel and Conference Center, 6750 Mississauga Road in Mississauga. And uh, realmoneyshow.com to register. You want to get in on this before it's all filled up. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. We'll talk diamonds, and we'll talk to Paul Zimniski very shortly, independent diamond industry analyst and consultant, a little later on in the show as well. And back with more of The Real Money Show indeed. one eight seven seven eight silver Make sure you call that number to take advantage of the investor kit or the precious metal advisor. Realmoneyshow.com is the website. And again, a reminder that the Natural Fancy Color Diamond Seminar is happening on the 8th of November. That is a Saturday. The place is a Delta Meadowvale Hotel and Conference Center, 6750 Mississauga Road. And register for that one uh, very shortly because it is going to fill up. Darren, when we uh, took a break, we were talking about the three reasons why you were still very much bullish on silver. Number three is what we got to get to. Well, number three is an important 
important one, and that right. is that institutional investors continue to bet big on Silver John, and they may do it in the paper form. You know from listening to the show and those that are listening now, we are fans of the physical asset only, but in the paper form, we also must be aware of what people are doing. And Wall Street continues to bet heavily on a rebound in silver. By the end of the second quarter of 2014, institutional investors George Soros and John Hussman, which are two names that are synonymous with money in Wall Street, had amassed significant stakes in silver, a company called Silver Wheaton, which some of our listeners may well know. Uh, their stakes for George Soros, $9.5 million, uh, for John Hussman, $7 million, respectively. Now, they have also made a big bet on Pan American Silver, with Soros investing $11 million and Hussman $4 million uh, in the same period. And this indicates that Wall Street is expecting a rebound in silver as growing economic and geopolitical uncertainty, coupled with the supply constraints that we're seeing that we talked about in the last segment, are very much set to push silver price higher. The best way to play this, in our opinion, remains physical. Because you're taking an ounce out of the market, unfortunately, when you're betting in a company, you're still betting in their ability to be well-run, well-managed. Silver and gold have no third-party liabilities. You are taking that ounce out of the marketplace. You are making it your own. And by doing that, nobody else has the right to own that ounce. And that is the key way to play silver, in our opinion. So when you're going to be buying, whether it's starting with a 100-ounce bar, whether you're looking to spend a couple of million, the average investor has a means and a tool and a vehicle to do so, and that's through uh, Guildhall, whether it's the e-commerce store uh, or whether you're buying direct from us by calling one of the brokers. Um, that's the best way, in our opinion, to play this market. one eight seven seven eight silver and the real money show.com. Yeah, Jeremy. Well, last night we, we are doing the show on Thursday, but last night we uh, were at the charity event for Cardiac Kids. It's great. Um, you were there, John. It was great yep. to have you there. It was a wonderful event, a really great uh, support out for the event. Uh, we raffled off a diamond pendant, and everyone took part in the, in the raffle, and it was really great to see one of the nurses that Perfect. got, got yep. the pendant, which was wonderful. Obviously, it, it was at Woodbine Racetrack, great event venue, uh, great food, everything like that. But the event was a wonderful success. We had and almost 400 people there last night, which was incredible. And they, you know, we had a several draws as well for uh, silver bars that mm-hmm. we were giving away. Not only were we giving away maple leaves on 100-ounce bars, we were giving away 10-ounce bars last yep. night. But it was a very great cause. It was for a charity. And the Cardiac Kids is a wonderful, wonderful cause. Um, we at Guildhall try to be a good neighbor. We try to help the needy. We try to do what we have to do. Owning gold and silver is looking after yourself first. It's a hard asset that's going to protect your hard-earned wages, your hard-earned money. You need to have some type of hedge against inflation. I was watching CNBC very early this morning. It's basically six o'clock. They had a senator on from the U.S., that actually is a Republican senator from Texas, and he was kind of telling some home truths, which made it very, very interesting. Do you realize they say the unemployment is 6%? He came up with a figure that was 93 million people in the U.S. unemployed. Since Obama's been, you know, in power in the last five years, uh, the debt has gone from $10 trillion to close to $18 trillion. If anybody out there understands what a trillion dollars looks like, it's an awful lot of money. Mm-hmm. The P- 
people don't get that there's inflation. The average person is living, the average Joe is living paycheck to paycheck. The price of a dozen eggs on Wall Street, they don't know what a dozen eggs cost because they're eating $69 steaks. They're not even interested in that. Wall Street has made a lot of money. It hasn't trickled down to the Joe public. Gold, silver, natural fancy colored diamonds is probably the best hedge right now against inflation that is out there. It's coming and it's going to be coming in a big way. They've just taken off quantitative easing. This means that there's the free money is going to stop. The stock market has had a wonderful role from 2008, 2009 rather, to 2014. It's going to change. The stock market cannot keep on going up and it's going to hit hard. You need to have gold and silver in your portfolio today. Whether it's 10, 15, 20%, it's going to save you in some of these treacherous times, I think, that are coming. And ultimately, you want to look at the price right now. You have an unbelievable opportunity below $20 an ounce to get involved in silver. Gold trading just shy of $1,200 an ounce. These are opportunities that aren't going to come along every day. And knowing if you've been following the show or getting the Precious Metal Advisor and seeing the economic news uh, through the headlines, you'd see that to be able to buy it today at these prices, um, you know, you're going back to 2010 pricing here. It's a wonderful opportunity. So really for anyone who's been watching the market and waiting for their turn, it's not going to get to look much better than it is today. The other thing is as well, there's an interesting article on CNBC by uh, Greenspan, the former chairman of the Fed. Uh, he was interviewed on Wednesday. And um, again, he thinks price of gold will rise. He frets over uh, the losing control of the rates. He's worried about, um, thinks the Fed is wrong on inflation. Uh, Greenspan says stocks to see significant correction. Bloomberg TV, hmm. he thinks gold is one of the safest places right now to put money. And I think, you know, you've got to follow where the money is and where the brains are. One eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com online to start investing. Darren, what are you thinking? Well, I was looking at that same article and yeah. Paul's right. The idea that somebody as powerful and as knowledgeable about the world marketplace as Alan Greenspan, the former Fed chairman, uh, talking about gold is probably something very new for people. They're not used to hearing that. But if you look at the history of who Alan Greenspan is, uh, he's a huge proponent of gold and has been for some time. Seemingly, the period of time in which he was... Uh, Federal Reserve Chairman was the only period of his life in which he didn't go out of his way to talk about the merits of ownership. Probably wasn't allowed to. Gold, of course. <laughs> right. But the reality is that he does indeed have a long history of supporting gold. And this article does touch on it. It's by a company called Merck Investments. Mm -hmm. And uh, we certainly want to make sure we, we shed some light on who the article is by. But if uh, you wanted to take a look at this article, we put it into our Precious Metals Advisor uh, this this week, and this has already been released as of Wednesday. But we'll be happy to send it out to you if you're a new investor and would like a little more information. But uh, he does talk, uh, in addition to things Paul was touching base on, he does talk about the idea of a welfare state. Uh, and a welfare state is something uh, similar to what the U.S. has right now. 
And although Greenspan never in the article accuses the U.S. of being a welfare state, he does in the article point out uh, that in a welfare state, you cannot go to a gold standard. It's impossible. Uh, But that certain aspects of a welfare uh, state do definitely support the notion of higher gold prices. Now, when asked directly where the price of gold would be in a year's time or in five years' time from now, uh, the only response Greenspan had was higher. And when prompted to say how much, his only response, again, was one word, and it was measurably. So even Alan Greenspan understands the marriage of uh, owning gold and why Uh, countries own gold, central banks own gold. And I would think that uh, one of the biggest concerns he must share is the fact that we were talking about before the break about this, is that countries like China, communist country, is now the largest, uh, second largest economy in the world. And countries like that are amassing huge stockpiles of gold. Now, take a second and think about the long-term outcome of that. If the U.S. has the gold they say they have, why on earth wouldn't they want to tout that? Why wouldn't they want to be accurate in talking about the actual gold, how much and why they're adding more? Uh, If it indeed was the last bastion of support to make sure they have a pillar uh, holding up all they need to do with respect to the U.S. dollar. If China is in fact amassing as much as the media is reporting, Mm And I would think that they are amassing more than what the media is reporting because they don't have to, as a communist country, report to anybody. Nor would they. Nor would they. Uh, then we should be somewhat concerned because if they're going to use that gold as a way to back their currency, then we could easily get into a day and time in which uh, people definitely use the yuan uh, or the yen uh, perhaps could could also be a powerful currency, but the one uh, to become the world's reserve currency. Now, that's a scary thought for me, and it's not to fear monger at all. It's not the purpose. It's just to simply say that by owning gold, silver, uh, even colored diamonds, we here in the West are giving ourselves the opportunity to take those assets away from people in the East. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the competitive nature of the way I am. I'm spirited as an analyst, and I'd love to see the people here that are at home in North America that are listening to the show benefit from the ownership of things like gold, silver, and colored diamonds. If we know long-term that the outcome is going to be a certain way, why wouldn't you want to step into that realm and at least try to protect yourself with a number of different assets like the ones we're talking about here? Paul Alvin uh, says, you know, you want to be a day early or a month early than a day late, right? That's always been my saying, and i got to tell you, I think the price of silver today uh, is an unbelievable buy, the same as gold. Gold's trading at $1,200. Silver's in the 1650 range. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity. If you want to buy the product, you want to take it home, uh, you can. we can deliver it to you. You can uh, pick it up. If you want to go to guildhallwealth.com, you can go to our e-commerce site. Very easy uh, to place an order, uh, to register, to get your product. If you want to open an account where you want to put it into a safe, secure depository, you know, if you're buying a 1,000 ounces of silver, it weighs 70 pounds. You know, if you've got 5,000 ounces of silver, that's 350 pounds. The price of silver right now has been beaten down, but it's going to go up. If you've got the silver at home or gold at home and you want to sell it when the market's moving up, very hard to take time out of your job 
you know, if you're a doctor or a surgeon, you're going to stop in the middle of an operation to say, I've got to go sell my gold or silver, maybe with a doctor. But for somebody else, maybe <laughs> not. I mean, they can't just leave their job and take, you know, you need a wheelbarrow to carry 350 pounds of uh, silver. You can sell it on a phone call. That's how we make it so easy for you. It's a great way to have your product. It's safe, secure, allocated, segregated, insured, insured with Lloyds in London, and we can even title the product to you, give you the bar numbers. It's the only way to buy precious metals. And before we go to break, I just want to make clear, I know that sometimes we get accused of being repetitive and even those uh, that would write in and say, hey, you guys are doing a bit of fear-mongering. If we had reason to think that we thought the price of silver was going to go down long-term, we'd be the first to say it because we have clients who own the product and they benefit from selling it and that's a long-term happy client. The fact of the matter is October was a record sales month for Silver Eagles. The first price dip passing $17 an ounce made a record month in sales. As long as these events take place, I cannot look any other way than bullish towards the long-term price of silver. We'll take a short break. one 877 silver on therealmoneyshow.com. I want to remind you once again, get on board for the Natural Fancy Colored Diamond Seminar happening Saturday, November 8th, the Delta Meadowvale Hotel and Conference Center, 6750 Mississauga Road in Mississauga. Call that number or 1-866-274-9570. In the next uh, segment or two, we're going to be talking to Paul Zimniski and Natural Fancy Colored Diamonds. Hang on. And back with more of The Real Money Show, one eight seven seven eight silver and online, therealmoneyshow.com. The Natural Fancy Color Diamond Seminar with Guildhall is happening Saturday on November 8th. And the place for that is the Delta Meadowvale Hotel and Conference Center, 6750 Mississauga Road in Mississauga. You can go to one 274 9570 As promised on the show now, we have a, a special guest, Paul Simniski, independent diamond industry analyst and consultant. Uh, while you're listening, you can travel over to his website as well, paulzimniski.com. That's Zimniski with a Y. Jeremy. Well, I'd like to welcome Paul Zimniski to the show. Great to have you, Paul. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, one of the things, we were reading an article, that uh, an interview that you had in Mining.com, so we were really excited by what uh, what I was reading in this article, so we thought we definitely want to get you onto the show and uh, hear your thoughts on the diamond market and how it relates. Just so the listeners know, um, can you tell us a little bit of background about what you do and um, how you fit into all of this uh, diamond and diamond and investing and, and mining situation? Sure. So my, my background's in finance, and I spent the majority of my career as an analyst. Uh, and my, my first job was working for a hedge fund, uh, and I was working for a portfolio manager that was uh, an educated geologist turned uh, portfolio manager, and that was kind of my introduction to the natural resource space uh, from an investing uh, standpoint. And I kind of uh, took it from there, and we, we did, uh, you know, gold, silver, copper. Um, we also did some uh, oil and gas investments, but... Uh, I kind of uh, started looking into diamonds myself, and uh, the, the more time I spent looking at the uh, the diamond mining industry, uh, the, the more attractive I found the fundamentals relative to some of the other uh, commodities that we were watching. Um, and that kind of, uh, I think, ties into the article that you mentioned, and that uh, kind of relates to the, the current supply-demand fundamentals of the diamond market. Um, and it, it's pretty simple. There's only a handful of new mines set to open in the next five to ten years. Um, and you have a tremendous amount of new demand primarily coming out of Asia, um, where brides to be are, are being given engagement rings for the first time. So you have a tremendous amount of new demand. Um, you have a limited amount of new supply, and some of the larger, more existing mines in the world um, are actually reaching depletion uh, levels. So when you kind of take a step back and look at what's going on here, um, 
you know, even if demand uh, continues to remain stable, I think that the dynamics could be favorable for diamond prices. And then, you know, the next question is, uh, you know, price elasticity of demand. Um, how high can, you know, diamond prices go before demand's eroded? But, um, you know, overall, I think, uh, you know, the, the fundamental backdrop of uh, the industry is pretty attractive. And so in that sense, so you're saying you've got um, new wealth coming to the table, like emerging middle class in China. They're deciding, you know what, we want to to get engaged with diamond rings. And I imagine that that would also maybe even come into play in other places like um, India, for example, or more people being able to buy in the BRICS nations as well, would you say? Yeah, exactly. And again, we're talking about, you know, the, the bread and butter typical engagement ring, you know, two to $10,000 price range. Um, but the beers recently came out with a report and they had an interesting statistic. And um, it was eight out of 10 brides to be in the U.S. are given a diamond engagement ring, seven out of 10 in Japan. Um, and it's right now we're at four out of 10 in China. Um, so if the U.S. and the Japanese markets are any indication of the potential, you know, market penetration for diamond engagement rings, um, you know, there's room for the Chinese market to almost double from where it is today. Um, and it's a country of 1.6 billion people. So, um, you know, tremendous amount of, of growth being driven uh, from China in particular. And do you, do you see a potential for m- more new mines being open? I know you said that there's just a few, but do you think that they could ramp that up in any way? Yeah, well, the way that, you know, pretty much the mining industry works, it comes down to economics. Uh, so if the price of the commodity being produced, um, you know, uh, rises at a faster pace and the cost to produce it, typically the economics will, um, you know, justify more mining. Um, so that's, you know, that, that's pretty much what it usually comes down to. And we're at a point right now where there's, you know, only a handful, I'd say, you know, less than uh, 10 projects that will uh, go on stream in the next 10 years. Um, large mines producing in excess of 1 million carats. Um, and it typically takes 10 years to build a diamond mine, you know, cost a billion dollars. So um, I guess with that information, we can kind of get a snapshot of what we'll look at, you know, from, from the supply side, you know, 10 years into the future. Um, and there's just, there's not a tremendous amount of, of growth in the supply side. Now, when we look at auctions and we're, we're specifically um, looking at color diamond auctions, we see that uh, they continue to escalate, uh, continue to break a lot of records. W- what do you make of the exceptional sales of these um, Massive, massive diamonds for one. They're very large color diamonds, and they're quite exceptional and rare at the same time. What, what do you make of all these record-breaking um, auctions going on? Yeah, I think when, you, when we're talking about these sales that the mainstream media picks up, these are the very rarest of the rare diamonds. Uh, they're comparable to similarly priced vintage cars and art. So I kind of see them falling into that category. So you have to keep that in mind. And also, you know, we're looking at these in nominal prices. Um, and as, you know, fiat currencies continue to be degraded uh, on a global basis, you know, these assets are maintaining uh, th- their value. So on a nominal level, they're going to increase in price. So I think that's, you know, one of the greatest drivers. Uh, you know, people that are buying these kind of diamonds are interested in preserving the wealth that they already have. You know, they don't want to be in stocks because arguably valuations are high and, uh, there's not a whole lot of stability in that market over the last few years. You know, but if you look at bond uh, yields are artificially, you know, pressed down at all-time lows, and and you certainly don't want to be in cash for 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 the reason uh, that I just mentioned. You have uh, you know central banks that are uh, keeping their foot uh, down the gas pedal. Um, 
and uh, and it's it's kind of scary to be in cash uh, when uh, central banks are just producing uh, more and more fiat currency, um, and, uh, and and it doesn't really seem to be uh, you know a, a, a game plan in mind right now. Um, so it, it's it's I think it's a way to preserve wealth and uh, you know these and individuals. I think you're seeing a lot of it in Asia. These uh, you know more recently uh, wealthy individuals kind of see uh, diamonds and some of these other hard assets as a place to kind of park their wealth. And would you see that that there is a trickle down there from from these auctions of of these obviously incredibly rare diamonds, but even down to the regular market that people are really looking to diamonds to um, to store their wealth and to grow their wealth at the same time? Do you see that in in whites or or do you see that in color or both, if any? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a relatively cryptic you know industry from from that standpoint. There isn't a whole lot of pricing information. You know, the, the big Auction houses are public, so they press release, you know, the large sales, um, you know, and, and the media publicity is good for them. So I think they want to put that out there. But, uh, you know, for instance, Rio Tinto just completed the uh, Argyle Pink auction. Um, and, uh, you know, they don't disclose the price. Uh, they don't disclose the buyer. Um, but they did say that over the last 14 years, the prices of their pinks and their reds have uh, tripped, more than tripled in price. Um, so, again, it's kind of hard to get a, a specific gauge. But back to your question, I think, uh, you know, the, the investment, I, I would say that quality is, is uh, much more important than quantity when in, investing uh, in, in a diamond. And, uh, you, know, you know, the p- people that are looking at it as an investment are looking at flawless, super high quality, um, very good color and uh, larger size diamonds. Well, I was just about to ask you if you if you were, if you had any advice if people are looking at it as investment what uh, what they would look what they would look for do you do you do you see that as a as a viable place to 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 store to store funds? Yeah, and like, and like I said, you know, we kind of use the term investment. Maybe that's not the proper term to use. Maybe we're getting into semantics, but I, I kind of you know like to look at it more as a, a preservation of capital. And I think the same goes with gold and. You know, some other items mentioned before, whether it's, you know, vintage cars or fine artwork. Um, you know, these items don't pay cash flow. There's a cost associated with holding them. Um, that said, you know, the appeal of hard assets uh, has historically maintained, um, you know, value on, on a real basis. Um, so I think this is, you know, seen as, as a way to maintain wealth in a, in a world of fiat currency degradation. Um, and, and like I said, and arguably, you know, unstable financial market. Um, so I think that's where you're seeing the demand coming from. Um, Excellent. Now, we understand that uh, you're looking to create a diamond index. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the challenge with diamonds is they have, there's so many different characteristics of diamonds, and they all have a different value based on the different characteristics. And I think one of the challenges for people that want to get exposure to diamonds is you have to, number one, kind of, you know, know what you're getting yourself into. You need to know enough about diamonds uh, to understand that a slight, you know, differentiation in, in quality or color could, you know, mean a significant difference in price. Um, so I think the challenge uh, with investing in diamonds is, uh, you know, do, do I understand enough to get involved, number one? Um, and, you know, number two, the other option is to kind of, you know, get involved through somebody that does have experience, whether it's a, a fund or uh, an outfit that, that with experience and reputation that will uh, sell diamonds at you know a, a market price. 
Um, but it's a relatively, you know, with any, you know, asset, again, whether it's a car or, or artwork, it's a relatively wide market. There's, you know, as we say, as traders say, it's a wide bid-ask spread. And I think um, that's kind of been the biggest challenge to people wanting to get involved. Um, so, I, you know, with any index, I think it's a gauge, it's a price gauge. Um, and if you can have a buyer and a seller <clears throat> look at an index and get an idea of the current market for whatever asset they're in, I think both sides are more comfortable with what a fair price is. And I think that could, you know, ultimately shrink the bid-ask spread of, of diamonds. And I think as that market and the, and the market tightens up, I think there's a tremendous uh, room for more people that would like to get involved that are kind of waiting for an easier, uh, more transparent, a little bit more liquid way to get involved. And if someone wants to um, get in touch with you, learn more about what you're doing and get get the information that you're putting out, how would they go about getting in touch with you? Sure. I have a, a website. It's uh, P-A-U-L-Z-I-N-N-I-S-K-Y.com. Excellent. Paul, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show, and we look forward to speaking with you soon. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. We'll take a short break. One eight seven seven eight silver and the real money show.com. The natural fancy color diamond seminar. You want to be at this November 8th. That is a Saturday at the Delta Meadowvale hotel and conference center. 6750 Mississauga road in Mississauga. One eight six six two seven four ninety five seventy. Register soon. And back with more of the real money show. One eight seven seven eight silver. The real money show.com. The natural fancy color diamond seminar is happening. Delta Meadowvale hotel and conference center. Uh, it's going to be November 8th. That is a Saturday. The address is 6750 Mississauga road. You can register at the real money show.com or calling one eight six six two seven four ninety five seventy. 270 Darren, what's happening? Let's talk more diamonds. Well, first off, in accordance with that event last night, we want to thank the people who came out that are clients of Guildhall wealth. And yourself, John, for supporting such a worthwhile cause. Cardiac Kids Cardiac is Kids, a yep. great event. They do a ton of charity work. And uh, I couldn't say enough good about Jeff Nyman and his crew and everybody that was there. So we want to thank them very much for having that event. I myself could not make that event. I had a beautiful little nine-year-old daughter who was having her birthday party yesterday. So unfortunately, I was out. But we did want to say uh, congratulations to all of the new buyers this week, new diamond buyers and uh, some diamond buyers that are collectors. Uh, last night at the show, although we intended today to have a Diamond of the Week special, mm-hmm. uh, a 0.53 or Orangey pink IF, and that is correct. Internally flawless. Internally flawless nice. orangey pink diamond. Uh, we unfortunately sold it. In fact, Paul sold it. Uh, and uh, congratulations, Tom, that bought the diamond. Uh, a great addition to the collection. And uh, this is unfortunately the diamond we had for Diamond of the Week. So, what we would encourage people to do is get over to the website, take a look at what's remaining right now. Keep in mind what we have talked about over the last number of shows about expected changes in last quarter to pink diamond pricing, which is a standard every end of year. Uh, We go into this period of time knowing that the results are forthcoming from the Argyle uh, tender auction, and we are still waiting for those results, but they are slowly filtering in. So when we have more data, we'll pass that to our listeners. But this means that for the moment, you're getting the opportunity to buy a diamond diamond uh, that is definitely well-priced, but in the span of the next 30 to 60 days, could be 30% higher in price. And this is what you look forward to in coming years as well when you buy these, don't you, Jeremy? 
Yes, and that's why it's it's such a, a great investment opportunity. And as Paul Zimniski was saying, it's important to get all the information that you can and get, get comfortable with, with what it is and see if it's the right type of investment for you. And it's always great to see people who are interested in learning something new. They want to see, is this going to be something that would work well for my portfolio or just in, in, in the case of just supporting wealth and, and storing wealth. And so it's always nice to see people interested in learning something new. This is a very new market market for people, and these diamonds are quite rare. This is why we do the seminars all the time, so that people can come to the seminar, get to meet us, get to see the type of diamonds that Guildhall procures, and also to learn about the market more and to get that comfortable feeling. When we, when we help clients get into the market, we do notice uh, something in common. They all tend to end up buying more than just one diamond. Right. It's such a great market and there's such a rarity to these diamonds that once you get a taste for it, just like real estate, a lot of people, that, that first purchase was just massive to them. And then all of a sudden it's not a problem to own four or five rental properties or, or right. what have you. So very similar with diamonds, the prices are consistently moving higher. So if, if you do take a pass on it one year, you will inevitably purchase it at a much higher price. And that, that's just the, the nature of the rarity of these markets. So we encourage everyone to learn as much as you can, whether it's in asking for an investor kit or coming to a seminar and learning, learning more or just continuing to listen to the show and uh, learn more about colored diamonds. And I, I, we, we know that once you look at them and once you get the information, you're going to fall in love with, with owning one. And it sounds like it sounds like such hyperbole, but they're absolutely breathtaking to see them. You have to see these diamonds. You know, the website does a great job. You have to see them in person. They're absolutely stunning. Stunning. They are. And, and it's, it's great to see the, the diamonds be, being shown off in jewelry as well. It's one thing to purchase the diamond and put it away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another thing to, to really express the individuality and show off that diamond and, and get people talking about it because as soon as you're wearing a colored diamond, people are going to... Um, you're going to attract a lot of attention and people are going to want to ask you about it. And you do that as well. I mean, just based on the uh, the event you had last night with uh, with Cardiac Kids, the, the diamond pendant you raffled off with the yellow diamond in it. I mean, it's so nice to put in a piece of jewelry and you guys can handle all that, right? Yeah, I was on uh, Pinterest the other day looking up colored diamonds. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to say the jewelry that, that Guildhall has produced with our designer is is first rate. I didn't see anything that attracted my attention. The way no Pinterest, none whatsoever. None. I didn't yeah. see anything that matched to to what we've been able to do with with particularly yellow diamonds. So I'm really happy with the type of quality of of jewelry that we've been able to create. And of course, I'm thrilled with the type of returns that people are getting on on their colored diamonds. We, we've seen um, some incredible diamonds being sold, and and every year they're always higher, especially these pink diamonds. Um, it's tough to keep them around. Uh, like we said, we, we've sold one before we've even been able to take a photo of it, mm-hmm. before we've even been able to get it appraised. Why? Because a client who's purchased diamonds in the past appreciates just how rare an internally flawless pink can be. So they're going to snap at it. They're going to grab at it. And that's why we're a little sad to see it go because, wow, we didn't even get a chance to, to enjoy it and pass it around the office. Yeah. Where can, uh, give, me, give me an entry level for someone who's just getting their beak wet in diamonds. Where can they start? Great question. Usually you want to start at the fancy yellow level. Um, yellows are are 
more affordable. They're still incredibly rare. We still want to keep that very strong criteria that we're looking for that keep those diamonds investment grade. But a one carat internally flawless yellow, you can purchase for around about $10,000, give or take, which is a great way. Now, in that diamond... um, you know, you might not get over 10% a year for it, but you're going to see consistent returns. Over a 10, 15, 20-year period, that diamond is going to have done the work for you. Uh, you're going to be very happy with the type of gains you're going to have. And, of course, because these diamonds are so difficult to procure, we're more than happy to assist the client at the right time sell their diamond down the road. These diamonds are so hard to come by. You know, we barely sat on this internally flawless pink. Of course, we're going to be happy to one day eventually get, get to sell back. it again. It's like it's like being a real estate agent focusing on a very specific high-end neighborhood. We're more than happy to 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 help assist sell those diamonds again. So you can start at one carat fancy okay. ten thousand. If you moved up, for example, to an right. intense, which is a next level up in in strength of color, strength of color is going to be more rare. So a one carat intense, internally flawless, you're going to be looking at over 20000 for. And then once you move up to a vivid, which is even more strong in color and even more rare, you're going to be looking at into the well into the 40000 range per carat for that. And then from the yellows, you move up to... You'd move up to pinks, you'd move up to blue-greens. If you can get them now. Now we're talking diamonds that are very difficult to find, right? Well, you couldn't be more accurate in your statement there, John. They are difficult to find, and those are really the diamonds that are special for collectors. Those are the type of diamonds when you're getting up to blues and uh, green, solid green, solid oranges uh, that you might be considering turning around down the road via auction. And that's something that we will help our clients out with. But this is a new area for many investors. And the reality is that we want to help people take them by the hand, slowly walk through the process. It's not about twisting arms or letting people or leaving people with the impression that if they don't get it now, it's gone. People that have been watching Guildhall know they've had their opportunities. I talked with Jeremy this morning. One interested investor in a diamond that we have, our 0.81 tender stone, which is on hold right now, tentatively sold. And there is definitely a beautiful, beautiful investment that has been made in the purchase of that 0.81 pink diamond, but it may not be for everybody. If you want to start small, like you said, John, earlier in the segment, the starting point, where is it? $10,000 is something that could be comfortable for the majority of investors. This is not for people who have to go and borrow. This is not for people who want to go and get a credit card and give this a roll. This is something that is a bit of a long-term investment. You want to hold on to a colored stone for no less than 60 months. That's the plan. doesn't matter what the color is. That's the span of time that you want to shoot for 60 months or longer and then you turn around and engage in the selling process now that being said we are seeing records broken in the yellow market in the pink market and quite frankly we strongly believe at this point in time that yellow vivid internally flawless diamonds are quickly becoming the pinks of just a few years ago we are not able to freely find that quality of diamond anymore and for new investors the interview we did today with Paul Zeminski that Jeremy did is a perfect way to highlight the engagement of the mainstream into this particular realm. This is happening more frequently. You're getting interest from hedge funds. You're getting interest from mainstream investors. And as it does develop into a mainstream asset, this is something you can look back on and say, hey, I heard it here first. This is the first time I got the opportunity to do it. And this is for everybody. This is for people who are 
close to retirement, who are in retirement, who are blue-collar, white-collar, moms, dads alike, who are thinking about university tuition for their kids in the next 10 years, uh, who want to take some of that retirement money that they've saved so well and put aside for a rainy day and use that. This is the type of investment that you can use for that. And again, when it comes to buying a colored stone, remember, Guildhall Diamonds is going to be with you every single step of the way throughout the entire process, even after you've purchased that diamond. So if you're thinking about buying a colored diamond, then definitely give us a call, get in touch, start educating yourself. And of course, if you're in the Mississauga area, John is going to give out the details for our upcoming seminar, but this is an option for you to get the ball rolling, get started in your education towards colored diamonds. I sure will, Darren. The number is uh, 1-866-274-9570. That's to get on board and register your spot for the Natural Fancy Colored Diamond Seminar. November 8th, indeed, Saturday, it's going to be the Delta Meadowvale Hotel and Conference Center, 6750 Mississauga Road. You want to catch Guildhall there, want you to be there. Got to thank again uh, Jeff, uh, Paul Zemniski for dropping by the show. With his knowledge, you want to start investing anytime, go to guildhalldiamonds.com and therealmoneyshow.com as well.